Hello, and well, welcome back to the newest episode of the Time Fillers podcast. I'm Con, and I'm back again with Reese. Good evening. And Danny cannot be with us today, he's currently on holiday, but that doesn't matter because we're joined with two very special guests. We're joined by Emily. Hiya. And we're joined by George. Hello. As we thought, this is a very special episode, so we thought we'd try something a bit different. We thought we all have pet peeves, we all have stuff that annoy us and get under our skin, that grind our gears and so on, so we thought we'd do some Room 101 to help us relieve the tension. So I've got three different categories. I have food, I have uni life, and I have a wild card where they can pick whatever they want. And Emily, George and Reese all have to convince me that their thing is what should go in room 101, never to be seen again. So it's only, it's only fitting. We start off with food. And I know, Reese, you've got a very interesting start to the food room 101. Absolutely do. And it might ruffle some feathers, but the worst food in existence in the world uh, has to be the jacket potato and this for me is a no-brainer i've hated it all my life i think it's got no substantial interest or a fascination about it it is a crusty flaky skin with you know no taste inedible perhaps and the inside is just tasteless flavorless mush Similar to the naked version, the mashed potato, which I equally dislike. But we're going to stay with the jacket potato here. And the, I think the only good bit about it is that you can pile a load of toppings on top of it. But I genuinely would rather just have the toppings. Jacket potato uh, should be in room 101. I mean, that's a controversial statement on the off. Emily and George, what do you make of this? Oh, but like the jacket potato is like the second best potato after a roast. Like, it's amazing. You have it after a long day. You can have it with a curry. It can be for lunch, dinner. It's amazing. Why would you swap out, you know, rice or something in a curry for a jacket potato? Curry is meant to be I, of rice. I agree with way. that. Rice is better than potato. Like, a jacket potato. See, I don't know. I, I, I can see where you're coming from, Reese, but at the same time. It's a jacket potato. You can't go wrong with a jacket potato. Boring. It's got nothing interesting to do with it. But you can say that about bread. It's only no. interesting with what you put on it. Well, yeah, like, bread's not that interesting, but at least it tastes nice. You could eat a bit of bread, but you can, you know, that's versatile. You can't put a fucking jacket potato in a soup, can you? Actually, that's where you're wrong, Grace. I'm going to jump in. I said I was going to be impartial, but... Have you ever heard of a shop called Spud You Like? I have not. Spud You Like is a beautiful shop. It's like McDonald's, but for jack of potatoes, <laughs> where you go go to this place and you go, oh, can I have a jack of potato? They go, yes. Then you've got a whole, whole sorts of flavors. You can keep it classic. You can have jack of potatoes with beans and cheese on top. You can go more exotic and you can have some shrimp or prawns in your potato. Just give me some toast and, and I'll be fine with that. It's but not yeah, as yeah. filling, though. It's not got as many carbohydrates in it. Well, it's loaf, so fluffy. Have half a loaf. Well, that's not a meal, is it? You can't go around munching on half a loaf, but you can eat a potato. I've just got an image of Reese in school where everyone's got their packed lunches and instead of bringing like a hot, hot jack of potato, he just comes out with like a half loaf of white bread. <laughs> and it's just like ripping into there. 
I mean, I would rather that than jacket potato. I just can't, I can't, I can't stand it. I feel like jacket potatoes have been giving students alive for years now. I think I mainly live off jacket potatoes and pasta at university. Because you're not, you're not, you're not venturing into actually good food. You're just copping out for the ease. It's so disappointing. Is you sit down, you've had a hard day at work or or school or whatever. You sit down, and there you go. You've got a steaming fucking. I don't even know what to call it, like a fucking turd on your plate. It's it, it's not pleasant. I mean, it's interesting you say, because with Room 101, anything that goes in there is gone forever. So what we're saying is that if Jack Potato is the one to go, that George will have lost one of the two foods she eats. Big F. You're going to have to fill that gap in with something. Half a loaf of bread? It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> I've given you an answer and I've given you a solution there. It's 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 a, it's a win-win. It's very it's very interesting point you raised about the jacket potato. You've stuck to your guns. I think we're gonna we're gonna move on. I'm gonna find out, Emily. What's your food hate? Okay, so mine's not a specific food, but it's having unspecified items appear in your ordered food. Now, I wouldn't say I am a picky eater. I just know what I like and I despise what I don't. So, like, when you order something off a menu and it says nothing containing about, I don't know, tomatoes, I do not expect my food to arrive with any tomatoes on the plate. If it doesn't specify it in the menu, then it shouldn't be on my plate, please. Is that just in restaurants or do you get that with online orders as well? Well, everything really, isn't it? Whatever you order and then, like, if it doesn't say that it doesn't contain, I don't know, salad salad's a bad example and it appears with salad i'm gonna be a bit miffed like why is this salad i didn't ask for salad if it's just something you've ordered you've paid good money for and some food that comes on it and it ruins it it just see it's not as if you can take it off and your food's fine whatever i'm not going to be that awkward person send my plate back if there's a piece of onion that i can move but like you know, when they have sauces, it's always in burgers. They always put like mayonnaise in the bun, and you have to scrape it off, and it just gets a soggy bun, and it just—it's just gross. I just hate it. I just think, yeah, especially with sauces, especially when you're not expecting a sauce. I agree with you there, especially mayonnaise. Yeah. So, so is that both you saying that you do not like mayonnaise? I hate sauces. I hate talking All about sauces. them. It makes just... me uncomfortable. Like talking about it the word source just no oh, so, so, so are we we setting off some triggers for you here then genuinely yes i hate it so you I would don't not... like saying ketchup that really really gets me i'm not going to say it again i've said it once well like how some people don't like like talking about moist and stuff like that yeah that yeah, doesn't you, you, your your trigger is is mustard and condiments <laughs> which is the worst <laughs> So you would have no dressings, no sauces at all on on anything. No. Steak. No. Uh, does this go to include things like gravy? No, I like a gravy. So is gravy just not like a sauce? No. It's just a, a it's meaty sauce. Different. It's not. It's a different kettle of fish. But how do you like moisten your food then if it's got no sauce to go with it? Surely it's like you can get some dry stuff. Yeah, eat it. I don't know. Your saliva. That's moistened a bit when you put it, shove it in your gob, and then. Uh... So now my my image of you is just sitting in a restaurant, just licking your burger, 
uh, before you eat it, just to moisten it. I'm sitting there licking my burger and you're eating half a loaf. That's quite quite a scene we've got going on. I can't, I can't wait to see what George is doing. It's funny you mentioned that. George, what, what's your pet peeve when it comes to food? This is more about people's reaction in not liking this thing rather than the actual thing. Some of you might know, I can't stand pizza. I don't get it. I don't get the fuss over it or anything like that. Mainly, my main issue here is, is people's reactions. I get about five minute lecture on it. I get told it's the best food in the world every time. Friends in the past, have I even like gotten a slice ready for me and put it in front of my face for me to eat it to prove that I don't like pizza. You five minute lecture on pizzas. I agree with you there on pizza. It's not not always what it put up to be. Because I hate tomato. I hate tomato sauce on a pizza. So yeah, I can see where you're coming from. It's not that amazing. We as we've established you don't like tomato sauce. What do you have as a base on your pizza then? So you, if there's a choice without the tomato, I'd hundred percent go for that. But then I can I can still eat it if it's not too like wet. If there's a lot of cheese on it and it's just kind of like ooh, just a touch of tomato, that's fine. The more we go through this, the tr- more triggering it gets. Yeah, genuinely. From how long have people been telling you how good pizza is, George? Every time, like some of my friends were out for like dinner or something, and they've all got pizza. Or we're ordering pizza in, like from Domino's. I always get reminded each time and just told that I'm weird for it because when we well, order well, Domino's, I just order sides. I just order side potato wedges. What what is it about the pizza that you know just puts you off? Is it one thing or is it just the whole concept that you don't like? I just think it's a meh, really. Very. I should really love pizza. It's got it's bread, it's tomato sauce, like just plain like tomato flavour and cheese. And then you can have meat on it, you can have veg on it, you can have what you want. So in theory, I should like it, but I think when it all comes together, it's just a bit shit, really. I just, I don't like the taste of it. I just think there's better things I could be eating right now. What's your go-to replacement if you don't have pizza? Good lasagna, you can't beat it. Too tomato-y. There's a good amount of tomato. It's great. No, it's too wet, too much. What's your view on soup, Emily? Uh, I cannot stand soup. I don't like eating hot liquids. What, what's the most liquidy food you'd eat then? I'd eat like, um, you know, like ramen. I'd do that when it's like in a broth. But you don't like hot liquid? Yeah, but I'm not sitting there like spooning it in my mouth, am I? I'm, I'm just like consuming what you it. do with a broth. No. <laughs> when you're eating like, the, not a broth, like a broth with noodles in it. And you just kind of like eat away at it, and then I don't, I don't go drinking the end of it. That's not the best bit. Yeah, well, each their oh, own, wow. isn't it? You've kind of established that's not my favourite thing. Unbelievable. <laughs> Tell me again what your room one one entry for food is. So we we'll start off with Reese. It is the jacket potato, the most blandest, most boringest food in existence. Emily, having unspecified items appear on your ordered food just ruins the whole thing. And George? People telling me why I should love pizza. No, this is a tricky decision for me to make because, first of all, we're going to start off with race. I I am partial to a jacket potato. I couldn't survive in uni without them, so we're going to keep them in there for the sake of uni students everywhere. So, like, I, I like pizza, like a lot of people, but I don't like it when people tell me I should like a food when I don't. On the other hand, and we, we, we got away from the topic a lot. We ended up on a lot of wet foods <laughs> <laughs> straight away. But I don't like stuff being put in. 
I think I'm going to have to get rid of when someone tells you you should really like a food or when someone tells you you should really like pizza when you don't. Purely because the surprise where if you get something you weren't expecting, but something you really like, like you weren't expecting like some chips and you got chips. That's a great surprise. Not if you got a soup and chips, is it? But at least when it comes to you, Emily, you wouldn't have soup. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Done, and now the the four of us, we're all university students, we're all grinded around the hardships of uni life, so we all have some issues as it comes to living in uni. Emily, what can't you stand about university? Fire alarms. Now, I understand fire alarms are there for our safety. We don't want to be stuck in a burning building without realising it's burning and obviously like yeah they're there to save us however whenever you mention fire alarms to someone who's been in university you always get the same reaction no one has ever had a good experience with fire alarms first year living in halls and accommodation everyone's got a story like woken up at 5 a.m in the morning or having to dash out of your shower and stand outside in the freezing cold, absolutely butt naked underneath a towel. But then even if you're not in halls, if you're in a student house, you've got some fire alarm in your own house that you've got to be wafting because, of course, one of your flatmates is going to be actually horrendous at cooking and burn some toast at, at 2 a.m. morning once they've come home from a night out. So fire alarms are just annoying, understandably there for safety, but... They're just more annoying than that. I mean, I don't, it's, it's a very interesting statement, but I don't think the inventor of the fire alarm thought, do you know what, this is going to make people friends. It's not there to please people. But it could be less annoying. How would you make it less annoying? Ah, I don't know. Actually go off when there's an actual fire rather than just someone burning toast. That'd be so good. a sentient fire alarm. Yeah, just, you need to be a bit more intelligent. Have someone, I don't know. I don't know. Someone <laughs> install a 24-hour person to live in your house and just do a noise every time a fire happens. I do get the frustration because um, in first year in, in our uni flat, we did have an issue with this. Um, my flatmate uh, had a chocolate egg. Um, he wanted to melt it down. Fair enough. You put it in the microwave. Chocolate melts really easily, but he didn't know this. You know, he hadn't melted chocolate before because I don't know who doesn't melt chocolate before. But, you know, he got to the age of 18 without melting chocolate in the microwave. But um, he put it on for four minutes. But what I would do is if I didn't know, I'd put it on for four minutes and check it, you know, every 30 seconds. I, I think that's reasonable, isn't it? Yeah. No, he went. He then went to the porters to check his mail while it was in the microwave. At this point, I was now after rugby. Obviously, fire alarm goes off. So, I, I, as you said perfectly in your opening bit there, I was butt naked with a towel outside uh, my flat on a, on a Sunday evening while while my flatmate furiously ran back to, uh, to try and save his chocolate. See, there's no good fire alarm stories there. I got really lucky my first year when I was in halls. Fire alarm only went off twice in my accommodation and both what? of the times like in that afternoon or like early evening. So and I was never in the shower. I was always quite fine. But there was accommodation and literally every evening for about a month the fire alarm would always go off. So I get why they're annoying. But kind of important. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's that's fair enough. Uh George, what do you have anything that bugs you about uni life? This is quite a big one for me and I don't live on campus so I always need to go to uni and use the library to study and my big pet peeve is when people are not quite in the library in the silent section. So at my university we have 
two floors dedicated to silent studying. We have a floor at the bottom dedicated to like you can talk, you can do group work there, it's all good. So when you're on in the most like little corner of the silent section, trying to get your essay done, don't have headphones on or anything like that. And then two people start having a really loud conversation about nothing in particular. It's infuriating. You just can't stand it. Well, obviously, I do agree with that. I do. I have my spot in the library in the quiet section. But what what do you do when someone is talking really loudly? Do you just give them like the evil, evil death stare or do you say something about it? I'll give them a proper death glare, like proper stare. And then I will put on headphones. The most annoying thing is when you've got headphones on and the music's on full blast. You can still hear them. I've got to make the admission that I'm on the opposite side of this argument. I, I am the person that's talking. Uh, those people, yeah. the people that like talking, you know, they they, they, they thrive off communication. And they, there's just not enough room for us. And if we're forced to go up to the silent rooms and, you know, somebody passes by and you've got to ask them about coursework, you've got to ask them about coursework. How are you need? There are loads of other places by the library that you can go and do that. There's like uh, so many. Racif. You have these silent study floors. What's stopping you from hiring out? I don't know if they have it in all the all unis, but hiring out a pod where you can work in a group or working in someone's they, they kitchen. They go instantly, but it's just you know you just sit next to your person. You were doing the same coursework. It's been like, oh, what did you do for you know question two? It's five, it's a couple of minutes. Of downstairs. Chat. It's not like it's a loud chat. The people that like come over and just talk about like a football game. Yeah, been them. But if you if you if you're being productive and you just you're just asking your friend, you know, what was it? Quiet chat. I mean, I, I I think that's perfectly reasonable. Well, in my uni, in the quiet section, there's some people allowed to eat. So, is how would people eating say an apple? Would that be annoying? Depends on my mood, really. There. But, like, people need to eat. Like, if you're in, in the library for ages or hours revising or writing an essay, if you need to eat an apple, I can kind of... That's a necessity. But is, are they like okay to stay crunch. in the silent section? Or how about crisps, eating out of a packet of crisps? Oh, no, is crisps are different. Loud? Anything smelly as well. Oh, no. That's just personal opinion there. Because if I've got to sit in the same seat for hours, I don't want to be smelling people like sandwiches, like pasta or crisp but an apple's fine the noise of an apple's fine it's just it's just the talking of people so you don't mind other kind of noises like if it's essential like going to the library and you see your friend you can say hello for like just a quick hello but i don't think talking is essential that's that's fair reese what's your pet peeve i think uh, well i mean hopefully you will agree with this as well but it's when you're in a lecture and uh, you come to the end of it and everybody starts packing away like a minute before the end of the lecture. Everybody thinks it makes no noise because they personally are not making a loud noise. But when 200 people start packing away before the lecturer has finished speaking, I think that is not only uh, annoying, it's disrespectful and it's just unnecessary. I like the chorus of zips. There was always a chorus of zips going, you can hear. Literally, like, all, all oh. at the same time. It's like a signal that time is ending of this stupid lecture. I can leave. Kind of comforting. Oh, you're, you're one of those. I'm not one of them. I do think it's rude. But when it all starts happening and you just, and then you know, it brings the time and you're like, yes, finally nearly done. 
Oh, if I was to lecture, I would fucking keep talking. They've done their lesson, they've done their plan, and it's usually the summary, you know, when they start saying, like, oh, so what, what we've done today, blah, blah, blah. That's, in, that's very important, especially because I've probably fallen asleep in the lecture, and I need the summary to work out what I miss. So, you know, it's, it's just detrimental. It's like because a lot of lectures nowadays, they're recorded as well. And so mm. when it comes to the end of the lecture, weird, this lecturer's going through a recap and stuff to pick up. And then suddenly he's like almost cut out or like muted. So what you can hear is this orchestra of bags. Literally. It's, it's, uh, it's infuriating. It's rude. It's just, it's just not needed. What are you going to do with that spare minute that you've zipped your pencil case up? Get it's... out. That's what they do in. I completely agree with you, Reese. Like, Thank you. I can't stand it. Do you, George, as, as, as you're not one of those like Emily is? I'm um, not! Do, what, what do you do in that situation? Because I make a special uh, effort to look at the lecturer to make sure they, don't, they know it's not me that's doing this. I purposely keep my laptop up or my notebook open or whatever and I like, look at the lecturer to show I'm listening. If my friend's doing it, I will give them a nudge. I like that. We're on the same page. Yeah, I see it's rude, but is it relevant in today's climate that all of our lectures are online? Yeah, because what is the online version? You just see it's like a minute or so from the end. You can't just leave. You can't yeah, just like, I what? would. Just ditch. <laughs> then it makes a little noise when you leave and it's just like... And, it's like, and they yes. can tell who it is. Literally. Oh, not if there's too many of you. What? Not if they didn't pay attention. Safety in numbers, I get you. Exactly. Yeah, would you be brave enough, Emily, to be the first one to leave? Or would you wait for the f- someone else to go and then be one of the horde to follow? Oh, no. As soon as the lecturer says, OK, bye, I'm like, on that button. I'm out of there. Um, oh, I cannot stand online lectures. We've had three very, very intriguing options. We've had the option to get rid of any talking on the quiet floors of the library. We've had getting rid of anyone zipping up and leaving lectures early and d- ditching them. We've had fire alarms. Start off with, as much as I agree that talking on quiet floors of the library is annoying, and I, I personally can't stand it because I go on quiet floors, crack on with work and stuff, I feel like that's always going to happen. I feel like you can't really get rid of that. I feel like that's always going to happen, and you, as much as we want to get rid of it, there'll still be some noise that gets on people's nerves on there. So it it comes down to zips or fire alarms, and I, th- I think I think it'd be a bit mad if we all got rid of fire alarms and then like one big fire and like none of us know. And then Natural t- selection. If you can't smell the fire, you deserve to die. Wow. We, we're learning a lot about you today, I believe. <laughs> I, f- I feel like purely for like a legal point of view and legal standpoint, I think we should keep fire alarms for now. I feel like, and it was unanimous decision by everyone, as you all agreed with Reese. I'll put zips leaving early in room one one. Big win. We are two challenges down. We have currently gotten rid of people saying you should really like a food when you don't like a food. We've also had people who zip up and leave lectures early. And now it's time for our third round. This is our final round. And this is a wild card round where I set Emily, George and Reese a task to find something that they don't like. That's completely random. Something completely unique to them. I'm going to start this off. Emily. I'm going to throw you back to school. Primary school, secondary school, whatever. But my room one one is teachers who leave smudges when wiping the whiteboard. So your teacher has just written the title of the work that you're doing on the board, and they're going on to write something else, and they wipe it off. But they don't actually wipe it all off. It's that little smudge of the tea left on the board, and the dark pen against the bright white whiteboard. It obviously is going to catch your eye, 
And the teacher carries on, wipes something else on the board and wipes it out. But he still doesn't wipe out that smudge on the board. And you cannot take your eyes off it. It's not that hard to wipe out the board. I don't understand how inept a teacher has to be to not be able to have a clean whiteboard. We've really hit a nerve there, haven't we? Progressively more angry. Yes, but it doesn't not annoy you. It's annoying in the fact that if you don't keep good board hygiene, you know, you're going to lose its whiteness and then it looks shit after a few years. That's annoying. But I mean, I can get over it. (laughs) No. I get it because I'm probably going to be a teacher one day and I'm probably going to be the teacher with the smudgy, messy whiteboard. You're scum. That means you're scum. (laughs) (laughs) You're not there yet, but you have potential to be because it's not that hard, is it? And it just... It's just once it catches your eye and you can't take your eye off it and then like it just builds up and they keep having like different coloured pens with different smudges and smudges from the lessons before. I just think it's, if it's not that hard to wipe a board, then do it properly. What do you think about the class whiteboards? So each class used to have like a big stack of whiteboards that they'd hand out to the classes and they were always covered in smudges. Yeah, but they're kids that use them. You get to you get the chance to wipe it. And obviously then you also have the ability to when you're handing out those little mini whiteboards to give the dirtiest ones to the people you like the least. That was like if you didn't it was have a big that power move. It was, wasn't it? And once you received the dirty whiteboard, you were like, Oh you knew. I've been slide. Wait a second, because I used to go to school with Emily, and I seem to remember whenever Emily used to give her a whiteboard, that I used to have a particularly dirty whiteboard. Oh, yeah, like, obviously. This this has all made a lot more sense over the years. (laughs) (laughs) This has changed my outlook on life entirely. What what do you think of the sort of different teachers? And I'm going to use maths as an example, because the maths teachers are particularly guilty of this. Or when they do an entire work for the class and they wipe it out, and there aren't any smudges on the board, there's like the indentations of what they were writing are still on the board. So they're writing over the previous stuff. Yeah, that's just as annoying. So you keep, are you clumping that in? Ah, saying that, it's a difficult one because they do wipe the board and it's not like they haven't wiped off all of what they've written. It's just, but I guess it's because their board is so dirty in the first place. It, it just indents on it. So yeah, yeah, that's just as bad. It's a very heated issue we found so far. Yeah, it hits the nerve. The issue of it is that like, you just have other things, more important things to worry about than a dirty whiteboard. But I mean, it takes less than a second to wipe out a smudge on a board. So it's not exactly like you're going to mark an exam sheet in that time, are you? It's You're in that whole movement, the movement of moving your arm. Just move it slightly to the right and you'll finally get that bit. It's not that hard. It, it, you know, it is, it is cutting corners, really, isn't it? It's just a bit of basic laziness. I am not apologising. in the lesson? What if you're the, behind the in the lesson and you just need to get right the homework up? You don't need to learn. I think it should be like a teacher requirement. I mean, that's what they do half the time. That's all they really do is write on a whiteboard and, oh, write down the date. Oh, let me rub it off. That's all they ever do. Completely devalued the whole force of a teacher. They just write on whiteboards. Uh, we, we move on and let George tell us what her wildcard is. Large group chat. This can be on WhatsApp, Messenger, whatever. But large friendship ones or like Pacific group ones or ones for like a party or an event. I'm not talking about ones like varieties, so ones where you actually get really important information from. Uh, or smaller ones where it's like only like three or four of you. 
I'm talking ones where there's like 20, 50 of you or like more than 10, I would say. Put your phone down like five minutes. You look at it again and there's uh, over 100 messages waiting. And I haven't got the time to read over 100 messages that are uh, nothing important, nothing to do with me. I just don't care. I don't specifically like replying in them because I don't like 20 people looking at my response. I just think they're messy. They just take up. My phone just keeps going off because of them. And yeah, I don't care, really. She makes a good point. I understand this, especially Snapchat groups as well, I find. There's like, you know, three, four different conversations going on at once. And you just don't know what to reply to. Yeah, and another with these big group chats, you find that there may be 20, 25, 30 people in them, but there's only about three or four people who actually talk. So you're basically just sort of watching someone else's conversation. I think the biggest culprit of this is like kind of your lectures or your degree or like your subject area group chat. We've got like a history group chat and there's everyone in like second year history or first year history and only about five people will talk about nothing to do with any essays or assignments and um, in jokes between those five people but no one else gets. I just don't get why I've been added to it. I hate my Yumi uh, group chat. And I'm going to out myself here because only 28 of us in my year. Though. But they just, oh, it infuriates me because they do talk. Everyone's quite um, academic type people. And they don't talk about absolutely nothing. They just ask questions, which just, I don't know why, they just infuriates me. But what I say against this is, why can't you just leave? Why can't you just mute the group chat? Like, I've got my group chat on mute. I don't think I look at it about once a week when I'm bored. I don't like being added to them in the first place or anything like that. Also, just in case, I don't like muting it, just in case I do miss that bit of important information that I joined that group chat for. Or especially when it's with your friends one or your big friendship one. And you'll find throughout all of this like kind of gossip or whatever, there is that little important message that says, oh, change your time from seven to eight or something like that. And you've still got to be in that group chat. Yeah, I, I get your point. So would it be easier, in fact, if instead of having one big group chat for a lot of you, you just have smaller group chats? Make an event for it, wouldn't you? I think that's just the easiest way of doing it. Make an event and then with the time and place. And then if there's any issues, they like to change the time on the event. When you try and have little mini group chats, then I just am part of too many group chats then. And then that creates another issue altogether. Of I keep forgetting I get my group chats muddled up then. I keep forgetting who's in each one. Have you ever had a case where you've sent a message into one and realised that it was the wrong group chat to put in, so you had to kind of explain your way out of it? It was in the group chat where someone wasn't actually invited to it. I got in a oh. bit of shit for that. <laughs> oh, no, that was the most awkward conversation. <laughs> yeah. But, but on the opposite side, I do get very entertaining ones as well. Like I remember the the you like the big uni ones, you know, when your people are trying to work out what college they're in and stuff like that before you get there. And we had some great ones. Oh, you know, we had a, a case where some girl got really drunk and then just started drunk texting the group chat and it was the funniest thing ever. It was absolutely iconic. Like these these group chats can be a power of good as well. To finish off this Final round for you three. I think we should hear the final wild card option, which is from Reese. I think this is going to be an unpopular one as well. One thing I despise doing is all forms of shopping. And this, is, I, I find it boring, infuriating, point. I, just, I, I, I hate, actively hate all forms of shopping. So this includes the worst kind of shoe shopping, 
I hate buying new shoes. I don't like getting measured up for them. I don't like walking around like a balloon testing them. Like, you're not going to test them in 10 meters. You're going to test them after a month. At that point, you can't take them back. Other forms of shopping I hate. Clothes shopping. I hate going into shops because I hate trying on clothes because undoubtedly they're not going to fit. If they do, then I've just wasted time. If they don't, I don't know, I'll go chew and throw back and forth, back and forth until you actually find one that you, like, fits. And then that's just annoying. And then the whole process of going out to a shop to just look round, find what you need, and then to go home again. It's just like there's nothing achieved here. So I don't know what about you guys, but I despise all forms of shopping. How do you get new clothes? I make it as painless as I can. I go in. I mean, I wait for people to buy me clothes usually. You know, I would just get them for Christmas or whatever. Like my nan brought me this lovely lobster shirt the other day. Perfect. She knows the size, got it right. Boom, easy, done. I didn't have to do any of it. Um, so you'd but, go around in scraggly t-shirt just until someone else buys your new one? Yes, I'm I'm known to do that. My fashion sense is known to be horrendous. But when I do have to go, so like in the Primark in Lancaster, I know exactly where the black trousers are, the white shirts. All I go in is I know what the size is. I grab them and I leave. I get If, it's done, if, it, if I'm in there for more than 15 minutes, I failed. You're a direct shopper. Literally, I will go in, I will get what I need and I will leave. I do not want to be there for any longer than I have to. Whenever I go clothes shopping, I, my back always ends up killing and I just sit on the floor of all the shops. What about if you're shopping for something like you've been told by your parents or something, well, we're going to go shopping for something you like. So if you really I don't want, want to. to. It annoys me. It annoys me. I, I don't like searching for things online. I've, I I notice that it's surprisingly easy sometimes. And then I come away with some level of relief. Uh, but I, I hate it. I hate all of it. I hate gift shopping. Don't like the idea of Christmas. But I don't know. Do, do you guys go into shops with the intention not to buy anything, just to try them on and like yes. have fun? Yes, all the time. Especially the really expensive shops. They got nice, expensive yeah. dresses. You just you're never going to afford it in your lifetime. Just try it on to look feel pretty for a bit. But why? It's fun because you're with your friends doing it, and you just have a laugh. Feel nice, and it's just like you have a laugh at your friends, especially if you get an accidentally hideous like outfit. I quite enjoy it. I, I, I don't think there's anything worse I could do with my afternoon. You know you said you hate all shopping. Does this include food shopping? Yes, especially food shopping. I love food, as, as anybody that knows my stature. But it's stressful. I don't like it. Um, obviously, it's a necessity. So it makes it slightly, I don't know, more bearable. But again, I go in. I know where I'm going. Veg section, meat section, aisle by aisle, get it done. I will you know, speed down the aisles. If I go to an aisle that I don't need anything, I will just pick up the pace, take the, the handbrake turn and go down the next one. The only good thing about shopping, food shopping, is uh, reduced, reduced section. I am uh, a sucker for a reduced food. But if I've spent over an hour in the shop, I'll start getting agitated and stressed and it's just not pleasant. So, I mean, it sounds like you do regular shopping, like other people play Supermarket Sweep. Oh, I love Supermarket Sweep. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic show, and that is how shopping should be. You should just have a time trial around it. I love food shopping. I used to go to the Big Sainsbury's when I was bored, because I loved going around there. It just made me feel something. Say it's like on an evening. I've done my uni for a day, and I'm like, oh, I'm bored. It's rainy. Let's just go food shopping. It's rainy. Why would you go shopping when it's rainy? You have to go into the rain. And then you're out of the rain in the shop. It's not raining in the shop, is it? 
It might as you've well got be. To walk back. I kind of agree with Rita. But then you've got to kind of walk over to the bus stop. If you've not got a car, you've got to get to the bus, or you've got to walk home. And then you're miserable. Shopping bag get really soggy. I'll, I'll agree with Reese and George on the rain point for shopping. But um, I mean, there's something I know about Reese, and that's he loves his eggs. I do. <laughs> And it's another thing I know, I know about Reese, and he, he, the, he loves going to a market to buy his eggs. So if you hate all kinds of shopping, what about markets? Where you go through, you get your eggs, you get your scotch eggs, you can get some fish, you can get anything in a market. Markets, I will reason with, is an exception. I enjoy the markets. Uh, I'll go up to the farmer's market in Lancaster, and I will go down there twice a week, and I will get my eggs, my jams. I'll go to, uh, to Billy's Eggs, my boy Billy. Um, I'll go to the Cornish Bakery. I'll get a pork pie. I'll go to the Sweet Escape and get a, a cupcake, and I'll have my lunch. But that still that sounds like you enjoy it. I do. I enjoy the markets, and the exception here being that it is quick. I, I you know, I don't have things to slow me down. Like I go there, I know what I'm getting. You know, it might be different flavored pork pie. It often is. You know, I love variety, but it's supporting local business. It's great food and enjoyable in the fact that I don't have to do it. Like food shopping, shoe shopping, clothes shopping, enjoy this time I have to do it. But this is just, I get to go down and I get to, I think I get to, the enjoyment is speaking with them. Like they all know me. They don't know anything about me. They all, all, all they know is I'm coming twice a week and that, that uh, bond with the, the, the market stall owners, it's special, it's special. But yes, that is, the markets are the only exception, I believe. And I think with that point, I've... I think I've come to a verdict on how I think this thing should go. And I mean, start off with, I am not a fan of a lot of shopping. I'm not a fan of clothes shopping or shoe shopping. But I do like sort of shopping trips. So one of my favourite times is, say I'm going off to Cardiff for a day and we're going off to watch some sport or watch something, the Millennium Centre or something. And then we're in for the day and then go, oh, do you want to go to the bookshop? And we go to the Waterstones in Cardiff and we make a day of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. shop. It's beautiful times. Or if you're shopping for something you've had your eye on for a while or you see something online. Like that that shopping's nice, especially when it's like something you're really after. Like step one underwear. <laughs> exactly. That that was a fun shop for you to do, Reese. That's why I think we, we can't survive without shopping. And as much as the, the, this this is tricky because the the, the other two, they're, they're neck and neck in my mind. But I'm thinking that... I've been in private school and secondary school, which isn't that big of a surprise, but it's true. And I'd have to, I'd have to say that it, the actual smudges on the whiteboard don't annoy me as much as Emily probably thinks they should. Oh. They, 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 they grind my gears, but not as much as if you're in a great big group chat. There's all stuff going on. But I think for, the, for that reason, I'm going to keep smudged whiteboards from teachers and big group chats are, go- are going in room 101. Thank you. Disappointed. We've had our three rounds. Our three participants have told us and so we have gotten rid of large group chats on, on social media. People telling you you should like a food that you don't. We have also gotten rid of people who pack up early from lectures, zipping up their bags. And the winner, the person who has convinced me the most with the most reasonable assumptions to put in there, the ones I agree with most, is George. So, Brilliant. Congratulations, well George. But that's not the end, because I've been listening to you all, and I, I've agreed and disagreed with you. I have two issues I want to raise with you to see if my issues will go in Room 101. So I will say my piece, and then you three will take a vote to see if they do go in Room 101. 
We're going to start off with the first one, which I really can't stand, is when teachers make a seating plan, but they've deliberately sat people next to each other because they think, oh, they'd be a great couple or they'd really get on well when and really don't. And they do it repeatedly. It's like they've got a hidden agenda with their seating plan. I honestly feel a bit targeted here, Connor. I was going to say, didn't didn't you mention earlier that both of you two sat together through most of your school history? Yeah, as as a as a bit of context, this wasn't targeted at Emily. This is general. I've had people complain to me about me for this that aren't just Emily. Uh, so basically, me and Emily went to the same school together, and for the first five years of our time in comprehensive school, we were in each other's classes from year seven right through to year nine, and then year ten, eleven, we're still in every, each other's classes. We I think we had one class different, but in all those classes, we were sat next to each other in almost every single one. And I'd like to emphasise that it's not because the teachers thought it would be a good couple, it's because our surnames were next to each other. They weren't. Yes, they were. C and F. There was D's and E's in between. <laughs> no, don't tell me that. <laughs> I thought it's because we were next to each other. No. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. I did not realise. Have you just, just realised that that's what was going on? <laughs> that they thought yes. we'd be a good team? <laughs> no. Oh, I feel... Oh, no. The revelation's coming out. Ah. So this is a targeted attack on... on No, it's not targeted on Emily, but it's just in general because Art and her English teachers even admitted that she used to do this deliberately to certain groups and certain peoples, thinking, oh, they'd really get on, I'll put them together. And if after a term they see they don't really, they keep them together. Because by the the end of this, and I'm going to use me and Emily as an example, that we came came to the end and when we were picking our GCSE options when it came to A-levels, Emily came to me and went, I'm really glad that we're not going to be in the same classes because I've had enough. Yeah. When, when I say it was every single class, I mean it was every single class. When we went to, for registration in the morning, we were there. <laughs> when it moved to physics, the next thing it was there. And all the way through, the only breaks we had were break and lunch. Well, not really, because we both went to orchestra. So it, it wasn't alphabetical, yet most of, most of your teachers put you together. Sometimes it was alphabetical, but that was rare. Most of the time there were people in between. I think it's because they thought we could just work peacefully side by side without annoying each other. I just ended up hitting you half the time. That is very true. I have a pencil case mark on the on the left side of my head that will never be removed. You're welcome. I think it is counterintuitive to do an alphabetical version though, because everybody does the alphabetical one, and then you end up hating the person next to you. So it's either way, it's going yeah. to be unproductive. And it's not just to say if they think they'd get on; it's if they've got someone really loud or boisterous in the class, and they put them by the quietest person in the class. Like deliberately, I don't like the teacher's hidden planning agenda because there's a comp- conspiracy there. I don't yeah. trust it. I would be getting a random number generator and I will I will randomly place them. Be interested to see what the what George thinks as a teacher scum. I think I'm gonna be guilty of it. But I'm just gonna tear people up and think will go well and won't that's like won't disrupt my lesson and then do a random number generator. Oh, no, that's, that's good. That's that's more even. But like, like you you've started the year, new new class, new people you you've never teached before. How are you doing your first class? I think I'd start with a random number and then it would probably develop like I'd have to invest. Especially like if it's year seven, you know none of them before. I think you're gonna have to do a bit of a random number generator, but make sure it's like quite mixed. I can't hate this, like the whole teacher's secret agenda. So from about year three, I got sat next to a guy from year three to year 11 in basically all my lessons and all my science lessons. From year seven to 11, I sat with a guy. 
And then since we entered sixth form, I started a relationship with him and it lasted four years. So I can't really hate on it because I got a relationship from it. Meanwhile, from our time together, me and Emily both got PTSD because it happened in every single science lesson, especially chemistry. Yeah. I would get, for, for the full hour long session, I would get relentlessly bullied for the way I took notes in these classes. Yeah, well, because your handwriting is horrendous. I call it character building, honestly. No, no, I agree with you. It is character building, but I wasn't on, my, on about my handwriting so thank you for that i was <laughs> i was on about when we give a note and we we all have highlighters to make notes important oh. and i've got a specific wave of my highlighters i bring about four with me because i need four different colors to sell out sure, this is a factor it. yeah i'll accept that for my highlighters and it's like oh if, if it's a fact it'll be one color if it's like the topic it'll be another color so we go through and emily would just look on my page and like ask if i'd just been sick all over it it would be every single word would be highlighted there was oh. no point in highlighting anything i'm with emily, with emily there <laughs> thank I like, you i like the colors that's what that's my only reasoning plus it was something to do <laughs> then if you highlight everything how do you know which of the important bit ah so because they're all different colors highlighted. because they're all different colors so I'd know like which section was what and I didn't highlight every single word I left out a few there's ands and ours <laughs> that is win. and that was from year seven right up until they start giving us the proper notes at like a level <laughs> so yeah uh, you'll be proud to know Emily I still do that to this day yeah honestly but yeah so that the, that was that's my first proposal the teacher's hidden planning agenda so should we put this to a vote Emily in or out in George? Just say out. And Reese. So we had the deciding vote. I, 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 yeah, you convinced me there. I, I, I don't believe in, you know, organised season plans. So uh, it's it's in. We've put in the hidden agenda. It's time for We <laughs> save the young Emily and Connor. We, we do. We, we, sa- we save them from themselves. Yeah. Then the, the final room under one for today. It's a controversial one, but it's one that I want to put in because I don't understand them. The, the second thing I want to put in Room 101 are denim jackets. Oh, Ooh. oh no. <laughs> I don't understand them. They've had their time. Just if you're going to go out wearing a jacket, wear a normal one. Don't wear your trousers on your chest. And also, What's if a normal jacket, though? A normal jacket is something that's not made out of jeans. I mean, you can leather jacket. Leather jackets are fine. You can have leather trousers, but they're not as common as jeans and like denim. And also, because if you're going out, and denim is notorious for keeping in water. So what if you're wearing a jacket and you're having you're having a great time and it starts to rain? And then you're carrying just like a sopping wet sack of denim on you. And I don't understand it. Especially because like you're more likely to have jeans than a denim jacket. So like, what's you here, Connor? The first time I think I met you, I was wearing a denim jacket. And that is one of the most common things I wear. Like to so our social tech meetings he... we had in the pub. Were you wearing a denim jacket then? Yes, I was. And I wear it a lot to our so like say as well. So not only has he attacked <laughs> Emily for years of sitting next to her, he's attacking you for what you wear. I mean, uh, in the in the times we've had our meetings in the press, George, I haven't even registered a denim jacket. <laughs> I just fucked it around. I mean, they're fine, but I don't understand them. I feel like they've had their time. Going off your sort of just your your reason there that if it rains, you're just carrying around like soggy you know, material. Yeah. But most people would wear jeans out. That's on your trousers. Like your legs are meant are moving, so they're keeping it going. So even if that's regular, but so if it's on your shoulders, which aren't moving. 
unless you windmill your arms as you walk. Well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but I, I, I'm not sure that's the strongest argument because ultimately, if it rains and you've got jeans on, yeah. But what if it rains and you've got jeans on? People's got the jacket. I feel like that's why I'm not the biggest denim jacket man. Yeah, I kind yeah. of see denim jackets are expensive. That's true. They are. And if Very... I was going to spend money on like a fancy jacket, I'd go for like a leather jacket. Mm, but leather jacket just reminds me of like greasy, dodgy people. I don't know why I've got that bad connotation with it. Well, leather jackets as well. <laughs> <laughs> Have I moved from potential scum now to scum? No, no. I, you're still potential. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she, she panicked and tried to say something nice. <laughs> Instead of saying you're not scum. You've still got potential. Yeah, I'm not letting the whiteboard go. But yeah, that's my reasoning behind me wanting rid of denim jackets. Wear another jacket. But another jacket might not be waterproof. Yeah, I don't think this argument's strong enough. Potential to convince me. Well, I think I know the answer, but we're going to put it to a vote. Is that Reese? Out. Emily? Out. And I don't feel like I need to ask you, but George? Um, Out. And it's for denim denim jackets live to see another day. Yay! I was going to say, George rejoices (laughs) at the end of our Room 101 sessions. We have gotten rid of teacher seating plans when they've got a hidden agenda. Large group chats, people leaving lectures early, and we started off by getting rid of people who have a go at you for not liking a popular food. So yeah, thank you to Emily and George for joining us as special guests. But before you go, we have a time filler for you. Yay! But, and that, that question is, I mean, it's a question we've asked ourselves a lot. And it's, if Papa Sport had to have drinking alcohol, mandatory part of it, what would be the best sport for that? What would be the best sport to do drunk? So is it you have to drink before doing the sport or incorporated within the sport? It's up to you. It can be both. It can be one. Mm. Dart. Because you've got darts anyway and if you've been to like the darts arenas it's basically just a massive pub everyone's sitting at tables everyone's got a pint including and it used to be basically the old days of days when they first like started recording darts the player also had a pint and they would like play the darts and then they'd go back and have a pint so like have darts without that kind of pub being active I'd argue it's a cop-out answer oh, first that came to my head i mean reese you said it was a cop-out do you have an answer for yourself uh, I, I, I'd, I'd argue something a bit more interesting than that. And uh, I think we, we spoke about this uh, another time, but uh, hammer throw would be incredibly interesting. Just the whole athletics, a drunken Olympics would be incredible. Imagine that, the hammer throw, you've had, you know, a number of tequila shots. You go around, you start spinning that ball across, and you've got to do that without throwing up. I reckon that's what I want to see from modern athletes. Imagine how many injuries you'd get out of that. Do you reckon you'd get more injuries from hammer throw or from javelin? Well, hammer throw, I think, would be a lot safer because they've got that big net. So you can't really throw it anywhere without it damaging anyone. Javelin, however, if you like, I, that would definitely be more lethal. You, you, you get your stance wrong. You just go stab one of the, the, the track runners going around the outside. That's very true. And before we finish off, Emily, you've agreed with George on darts, but do you have a thought of your own? I think uh, curling on ice, that'd be quite entertaining to watch. Falling all over the place while on the ice and it'd be quite funny. That's a great answer. Curling is a great sport. Would you do it where instead of the stones, they had to like use pints instead? Yeah. They have to neck it and then throw it. Yeah. (laughs) 
And because it's not got a lot of running in it, there's not going to be a lot of like spewing or anything. So mm. it's just going to be entertaining for people to watch. I can't. Curling, I don't get the fascination with curling oh, at all. So at least it'll make it interesting. It's a fantastic sport. It's boring. Bring back the Winter Olympics. I loved watching that on the TV at the Winter Olympics. Honestly, that but back when time was simpler. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I do, if I was going to pick one, my go-to choice would have been discus, which obviously spinner frisbee goes around. But that that's very similar to hammer throw. So I'm going to go for a different thing. And when I thought I can't do discus, the first thing that popped into my mind was Formula One. Oh, Genuinely no. lethal. Oh, no. Genuinely illegal. Very illegal. <laughs> Yeah, but oh, okay. If we say Formula Formula One's too fast, it's a bit dangerous. We can we can bring it down where we get all the F one. We can like make go karting professional, and they all down it. And they all but they're like souped up, so they're still really fast. And then at the back, there's one guy who's sober who acts almost like the policeman. And it'd be like Mario Kart. Exactly. Yeah. Only last place. Like pause, uh, if you get caught by last place, you get arrested. But if you finish the race without getting caught, then it's not illegal. I love it. I think that's a big brain move from there. But, but then you've gone around a load of corners. You're not feeling all that well. They're just going to throw up into their helmet. Well, you can, be, you can have like open visors. So it'll come out. We're not animals. And then they're slip on it the next lap. No, because tyres have traction. Tyres have grip. It's not like it's ice. If I was saying it was drunk drivers on ice, then I then I think <laughs> they might be too dangerous. 20 drivers thrown up on a, on a pitch straight. You think that's not going to loosen the uh, the track at all? That's oh, not going I mean, to make a slip hazard. I mean, it's one way to find out, isn't it? Well, there you go. We don't know until it's happened. And if anyone's listening and wants to try this, we don't condone it in any way, shape, or form. I do. Okay, Emily does. I do as well. It's just, it's just going to end in death, isn't it? And it's funny. Much much like that will end in death. We've also come to the end of our podcast. Ooh, yeah it's over <laughs> so, yeah, I was about to say thank you to Emily and George for coming up today and taking part in our podcast thank you you're very welcome so yeah it's it's good bye from me bye from Reese. see you later and bye from Emily and George bye and we'll see you next time <laughs> <laughs>